0: Even in an economic slowdown, and there's a lot of expectations for either a slowdown or even an outright recession, even in that environment, these type of stocks and therefore this fund can continue to perform well.
1: Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Consumer prices continue to decelerate in the United States in November, providing investors some additional relief that central banks are getting inflation under control. In today's episode, Portfolio Managers Chris McCaney, Matt Montemurro, and your host, Mark Reyes, discuss whether or not high inflation will persist. They also go into the outlook of infrastructure stocks and the fixed income market next year. Finally, a timely reminder on tax loss selling ideas as end-of-year deadlines draw near. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at BMOETFs.ca.
2: Hello, and welcome to our BMO ETF Weekly Insight Call with our team of experts. I'm today's host, Mark Rays, Head of Product for BMO Global Asset Management. I wanna thank everyone for listening in. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming back week after week. This week, we are joined by Chris McCaney and Matt Montemuro, both portfolio managers on our ETF to answer some advisor questions. So thanks to both of you for joining. Thanks, Mark. Good morning.
3: Thanks, Mark. Good morning. Thanks for having us.
2: Great. Well, thanks for joining and let's get started. So, the first question, uh, the top of the year, it seems, is uh, CPI. And so, we did have the US CPI numbers come out, which I'd say were moderately positive for, for markets this go around. So, what does that mean for equity markets heading into 2023? Specifically, can you comment on the BMO NASDAQ 100 index ETFs at NQ, and as well as the BMO ARC innovation ETF? ARKK that we just recently launched as you consider them for potential risk on trades next year and as you know as you think about your answer are you cautiously optimistic or really still wait and see on uh, market conditions thanks sure mark and as you say you know
0: the US CPI coming in a little bit softer than expectations and also softer than the previous reading the headline number came in at 7.1% with an expectation of 7.3, and the, the previous reading was 7.7. So coming off a little bit from the highs that we've seen, any print that's lower than the last one, I think, is seen as a positive for for markets as an indication that inflation is hopefully potentially coming under control. Of course, 7.1 is still a very high number. The core number came in at 6.0%, which was a little bit better than expectations at 6.1 and, and 6.3 at the previous reading. So some signs of, of life here uh, in terms of that inflation element being under control. As a bit of a knee-jerk reaction coming out of those numbers, we saw the equity markets open up very strongly. The NASDAQ was up about 3% uh, intraday before reversing. And uh, ARK, ARKK was up as much as 8% in the very early going. Um, Again, before reversing and both ending up the day uh, slightly positive, but nowhere near uh, where where they originally were. And so I I think, you know, this is the market wanting that CPI to come under control. And you could see what the upside potential is in these funds if that does come to pass. Now, I think what happened after that sort of knee jerk reaction, I think the market uh, realized, wait a minute, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's a very important meeting coming up the very next day. I'm not talking about Morocco versus France. Uh, Of course, it's uh, the Federal Reserve and not just the interest rate decision, but the release of expectations for 2023, the so-called dot plots uh, and things like that. So we're going to get a lot of information from the Fed. Uh, Of course, we're recording this on Wednesday morning, so we don't have those results yet. We don't know what the results are going to be. But, you know, the market is widely expecting a 50 basis point increase. And I'm sure Matt will talk a little bit more about where interest rates are heading, but I think the main thing for the growth element on the equity side is, um, you know markets don't necessarily need low rates. They just need to know uh, what that terminal rate is, some clarity on when our interest rate hike going to stop. Uh, and so uh, as we get a little bit more evidence that the Fed is getting nearer to the, the so-called terminal rate, whether that's 4.75 percent or five percent or, or somewhere in that range, I think the market really just wants to see that come to pass. In order for that growth potential to come back, and so as we look at these two areas of growth potential for 2023, to the second part of your question, cautiously optimistic or still wait and see, I would put um, the Nasdaq and that's the ZNQ ticker on the cautiously optimistic side because I think a lot of those companies, while growth oriented, are still fairly strong uh, developed uh, companies that have very strong cash flow metrics, and so even in a potential slowdown or mild recession, um, you know, some of those companies can do very well. If we look at the innovation fund, the ARKK, of course, those are companies that are a little bit less uh, developed in terms of their industries and are a little bit longer out in terms of um, the realization of of even positive profits, but, you know, significant profits. Uh, And so a little bit farther out on the growth curve. um, And so for investors, and we've said before, for investors with a long-term growth potential or, or long-term growth horizon, the ARKK type of fund on any sell-off could be a potential buying opportunity. So as long as you have that five plus year time horizon in your investments uh, and you need some growth potential, um, you know I think we're in a good entry point. The question is when do we see that that growth start to kick off And so I think we're still in wait and see mode um, for, for that to play out. I think the major risk uh, involved is that you know th- let's say the fed does get to their terminal rate wh- whatever that is um and holds there you know the major risk is that inflation does stay somewhat elevated and that terminal rate stays high for a longer period of time than what the market's expecting that would potentially have the effect of moving longer term rates up as well and so that would dampen long term growth expectations in general so that's the major risk i think and of course we won't know um, if that plays out, and until it plays out um, through 2023, um, but I think um, you know, again on that on that growth potential, cautiously optimistic on the Nasdaq, um, and still wait and see a little bit on uh, on the Ark Innovation. Uh, but I think we're getting close to to where we'll be able to determine when that growth trajectory starts to take off again.
2: Great, thanks for that update, Chris. Now, Matt, let's come your way and talk about fixed income, where we've certainly had a tough year. Or we've seen close to around a 7% gain on our BMO aggregate bond index ETFs, ZAG, from its mid-October lows. So as you look ahead, can we expect a better 2023 based on this conversation? Are we turning the corner on interest rates? And as a follow-up to that, as you speak to your outlook, uh, with the portfolio yield on ZAG now approaching 4%, How has the yield buffer conversation really changed from this point last year? Thanks.
3: Yeah, Mark, and, you know, investors have certainly weathered the storm in fixed income returns for 2022. And, you know, if you look at year-to-date numbers of our BMO aggregate bond ETFs, so Zag, as you mentioned, you know, down 9%, which You know, it's a huge plus considering where we were at earlier this year. We were at high teens or low 20s in terms of negative returns just a few short months ago. So, you know, this does reflect the market's expectations that, you know, we have reached or, you know, we are nearly reaching uh, peak rates. Bank of Canada commentary last week started to soften, which is a great sign for markets and started, um, you know, and they stated that they are going to be data dependent going forward. So, you know, this is this differs from past commentaries when they indicated that more rate hikes were certainly to come. So if you look at Zag, you're asking, you know, has it turned a corner? You know, I do think more so than any point in the last year, Zag seems to be a solid buy and hold, you know, given the market and the environment that we're seeing and what we expect for 2023 you know, we see a flat to inverted yield curve, uh, you know, with expectation that rates have close to peak. So I think we're getting close to that peak. I think right now the OAS uh, is saying about 4.3, we're at 4.25 terminal rate right now. So now is the time to use that ZAG full-term exposure to position yourself for some stability to come. This is the You know, this is the first time that we are going to have a little bit of stability in the fixed income markets for for over a year. You know, we do expect higher rates for most of 2023, uh, but we're starting to see that chance of rate cuts at the end of 2023 or the early uh, parts of 2024. So, again, this is the most stability uh, that the market has been predicting for quite some time. So for me. I really like Zag here, 4% yield to maturity, as you mentioned, it's full market exposure. You know, that 4% yield gives you that cushion now, gives you that flexibility. You're you're not earning kind of 1% where we were about a year and a half ago. You have 4%, so it allows you to meet some of those income needs you might need in the interim while uh, managing kind of your full term exposure. So, you know, as we see a flat yield curve, as we the market starts to digest potential rate cuts for the later half of next year you know i think zag is very very well positioned by being that full term exposure you know i think if you want to further position your portfolio around that core position of zag uh, alfred lee just put out a fantastic trade off you know it's available on the etf dashboard now on how to position your fixed income portfolio for the period ahead. So I really think that this trade opportunity uh, fits very well with, with a core portfolio of SAG. So you know, just like Alfred's favorite exercise routine, he's advocating a barbell strategy. He wants to use short-term credits. So BMO's short-term uh, corporate bond ETF, ZCS, BMO's uh, bank income ETF, ZBI, and pairing those with some duration. So looking at BMO's long federal bond ETF, ZFL, or uh BMO's long-term US Treasury ETF, ZTL. So getting your short-term exposure from, from the credit side of your portfolio, enhancing that yield, but then offsetting some some risk and taking duration, you know, really making that barbell strategy work around your ZAG position. You know, I think this is the perfect time for this type of trade and positioning. You know, take advantage right now of that flat to inverted yield curve by taking advantage of some of those higher yields and really, you know, take some reprieve in, in stability in the fixed income markets that we haven't seen for quite some time. So, you know, I think I think Zag is well positioned and I think a barbell like strategy going into 2023, both would be excellent and well suited for for your portfolio going forward.
2: Great. Thanks for that update, Matt.
4: Does market volatility have you wondering where to go to ride out the storm? Not all cash equivalents are created equal, and BMO's money market and ultra-short-term bond ETFs offer several high-quality options to park client cash. To learn more, visit bmoetfs.ca and search for tickers ZMMK, ZST, and ZUS or read our latest product insights.
2: Now let's turn back to equities. We've got some advisory questions that have come in around global infrastructure, which is certainly held up in 2022. If you look at the BMO Global Infrastructure Index ETF ZGI, how do you expect this to position or uh, return relative to equities as you look into 2023? Thanks.
0: Yeah, certainly uh, a resiliency, uh, as as you say, uh, in global infrastructure in twenty twenty two. Return this so far this year is in the neighborhood of nine percent, uh, with broad equity markets down. You know, let's call it low double digits right now. Um, so, uh, all, although we have seen some ups and downs, even from in infrastructure this year, um, certainly a, a positive return for uh, the equity markets is, is, is a good spot to be right now. And I think, you know, when you take a look at the type of companies and the type of assets that they manage within ZGI, you know, it's not too surprising that, that the fund has held up well uh, in terms of performance this year. You know, typically infrastructure companies and infrastructure assets are long life assets. Um, you know, think of like cell phone towers and airports and toll roads and things like that, bridges even that generally have consistent cash flow, whether that's through fees or tolls or collecting them somehow, Um, generally a consistent cash flow stream that quite often is indexed to CPI or or some other inflation measure. And so, you know, these companies generally are are shielded somewhat from from high inflation rates um, and can move up their, their prices and therefore their revenue in line with that to some degree. And overall has a lower correlation to the broader equity markets. If we take a look at ZGI, depending what period you look at, the correlation to broad equities is around 0.5, 0.6. And so, you know, while there is uh, some degree of correlation there, it's much, much less than traditional equity portfolios would be. And so as a portfolio building block, ZGI makes a lot of sense because it gives you that diversification benefit. It gives you something that can do well in, in adverse environments for, for risk assets like we've seen this year. And so just as an overall portfolio completion tool, um, we think uh, ZGI and global infrastructure works very well. Looking ahead to 2023, we expect that to continue. And again, it's it's long long life assets that have consistent cash flows. And so we don't see too much change from year to year. Now, what might change is the environment around it. You know, if we do see a huge growth potential, and we were talking about uh, NASDAQ and ARC earlier, if we do see a return from growth-type equities and, and markets are up 30-plus percent, now you're not going to get that out of global infrastructure. You're not going to get that huge growth potential out of ZGI, but you do get that consistent return stream. And so we do expect consistency out of global infrastructure and have a similar type experience um, that we've seen in 2022 going forward. Uh, The question is, you know, what's happening around it? And so I think, you know, even in an economic slowdown, and there's a lot of uh, expectations for either a slowdown or or even an outright recession, you know, even in that environment, um, these type of stocks and therefore this fund can continue to perform well, as again, you know, it's more consistent uh, return streams that are are indexed to inflation. And so therefore give you a bit more consistency uh, in terms of the total return you get as well.
2: Great. Thanks for that update, Chris. Lots to think about there. Now I want to switch gears and ask about covered calls. As advisors have seen a number of notes come out from various capital market texts uh, supporting covered calls heading into 2023. So if you were to look at the BMO shelf, and let's use Canadian banks where we've got a pretty straight uh, comparison available, what would cause you to consider our Covered call Canadian banks ETF, ZWB, or our equal weight banks ETF, uh, ZEB, looking ahead. Thanks.
0: Yeah, certainly have seen a lot of those notes highlighting covered calls and their potential heading into 2023. Um, You know, there's a couple of different reasons for that. And first of all, it's the fact that volatility in the market, in the equity markets, has elevated uh, this year. Really, you know, it did start at the beginning of COVID. Uh, with a huge spike in volatility, of course, that 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 went away fairly quickly. We saw unprecedented levels of monetary easing and easy monetary policy. Generally, that suppresses volatility. But even in that environment, through 2021, with zero rates and and a lot of QE, volatility in the markets never really got back down to you know what we'll call let's just say average. If you take a look at the VIX at all, that's the uh, Uh, S&P 500 volatility index put out by the CBOE, that never got below 15 in 2021, and 15 is kind of the long run average. Um, And so, you know, even in a a volatility depressing environment, uh, we didn't even see volatility get back back down to just, let's call it average. And so we think going forward, heading into 2023 and and over the next year or two, um, volatility in the equity markets is going to be a little bit higher than it generally has been. Um, and so, you know, when you look at option overlay strategies like covered calls, they tend to benefit from higher levels of volatility uh, because you can extract more premium out of those options that you're selling within that strategy. Uh, volatility being the, the, the major input into options pricing. And so, the higher that number is, the higher the income you can generate from that, that type of strategy. So, In an environment where volatility is generally higher already, and also an environment where equities in general aren't expected to perform extremely strong in 2023. Again, we've talked about heading into a slowdown, a potential recession, um, you know, potential earnings, um, you know, coming down. There's not a huge tailwind uh, for for equities to do extremely well. Now, of course, that can change uh, in any number of ways, but. You know the way things look now. You 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 have a muted equity growth potential with with higher overall volatility. That really does line up well for covered call strategies that work best when uh, equities are you know growing but at a slower pace. And so when you combine those two things together, um, you know looking at covered call strategies make a lot of sense. Looking at the Canadian banks specifically, uh, of course, you know it also depends what type of investor you are. If you're not an income investor and just want all the growth potential. You know, chances are you're probably going to look at ZEB, uh, particularly if you're looking over the long term um, and want that growth potential from the banks. You'd probably go into that uncovered version, but you know the trade-off between growth and income is actually narrowing right now for these reasons that we we're just discussing. So you know, for an investor that's either income-oriented or just maybe a little bit more bearish on uh, the growth prospects of the banks. Uh, you might want to take a look at ZWB for the potential to to even outperform uh, in 2023. Now, some of the headwinds the banks have, you know, first of all, um, again, lower economic activity. Generally, the best environment for the bank's business is a strong economy. Uh, And so if that's weakening in 2023, there's a little bit of a headwind there in terms of growth potential for the banks. Um, However, at the other end, you know, higher interest rates generally are a tailwind for banks. They can make more profits um, by lending, um, by collecting that spread. uh, And the higher interest rates are, the better that spread can be for banks. So there's there's a little bit on both sides for Canadian banks. But again, heading into a, a slower environment for growth that has that higher volatility element might lead one to think ZWB might be the place to be for 2023. You can collect an extra level of income hopefully capture most of the growth that, that does happen in the banks um, and then and then move on from there. Um, and then as the market dynamics shift, um, look at taking off that ZWB and moving more to the ZEB growth potential uh, when that sort of growth tailwind uh, comes back to the Canadian
2: economy. Thanks for that update, Chris. Always good to have the choice that we do with the BMO ETF product shelf to be able to go between. Uh, the full exposure in the covered call based on your views on markets. Ready for tax time?
4: Check out the BMO ETF's Tax Loss Harvesting Guide for 2022, which features trade ideas to help your clients navigate the year's end and harvest tax savings from underperforming securities. To learn the advantages, potential pitfalls, and best practices, access BMO ETF's Tax Loss Harvesting Guide today at bmoetfs.ca.
2: Now we have had a number of questions that have come in around year-end tax activity uh, with market returns being what they are this year. Uh, A lot of people looking at tax loss harvesting. So as a tax reminder, uh, can you speak to year-end activity around ETS? Our tax press releases are expected uh, next Monday on December 19th. What should advisors be looking out for uh, particularly as they might be rebalancing their portfolios. Thanks.
3: Yeah, this is just a reminder that, you know, it's not too late to consider tax loss selling in, in your portfolios. I think, you know, uh, uh, we, we have a couple weeks left of 2022. And with most asset classes down, like you mentioned, Mark, you know, it's a great year. It's a great year to add some future tax benefits to clients by tax loss selling. You know, in particular, you know, fixed income, which is something that uh, I see on a daily basis is an area where, you know, we're seeing trades regularly as clients look to crystallize some losses in their portfolios because, you know, thankfully, you know, it's not every day that you see kind of deep negative returns on the fixed income side of your book. So, you know, after a tough year, I think there is some silver lining that allows you to, you know, crystallize and provide a future tax benefit to, Your clients. So, you know, we're seeing ETF uh, usage uh, uptick, and we see the increase of ETF usage during this period as a lot of investors use ETFs in their tax loss selling strategy. So, whether that be, you know, moving from an individual stock into uh, kind of a broad beta or a sector ETF, you know, moving individual bonds into ETFs, this is something that I'm working with on a daily basis. Or switching from an ETF to an ETF. You know, we have discount bond options on our side that allow you to get the similar um, aggregate exposure, you know, moving ETF uh, ETF to ETF, but still taking advantage of that tax benefit and crystallizing that loss. So, you know, as long as you get your trades in by December 28th, I think that's a key date to watch. You know, you're not too late, crystallize those losses and take advantage of you know, some future uh, tax benefits uh, throughout a tough year. You know, we'll be releasing our tax press release on December 19th. You know, take a look and see how your positions are fair. Also, just a, you know, a, a side for warning, you know, take a look and make sure that you're not switching into or buying a new ETF that may have a large Year-end tax position, so that's something else to consider as these press releases are going out. Make sure you're not switching into something that might have have an adverse tax position for you uh, nearing the end of the year. Uh, if you are looking for more information or want some details on some unique strategies or switch opportunities, you know we've put out several pieces. If you look at BMOETFs.ca, there's an entire section on the website based on taxless harvesting. Tax loss selling, and you know, it'll give you ideas of how to switch uh, as well. If you if you want to go just the fundamentals and see every single detail of tax loss selling, there was a wonderful podcast recorded about two weeks ago with John Waters, and he goes into all the details and how to take advantage of that for your clients. So you know, it's not too late. We are seeing a huge uptick of the usage of ETFs uh, for uh, this specific purpose, Uh, and we are uh, happy to help uh, clients be able to crystallize losses and get a little bit of a silver lining in 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 a tough year of asset class returns.
2: Thanks for that rundown, Matt, certainly an opportunity this year for advisors to add value to client portfolios by doing some tax loss, harvesting where, where they see it as appropriate. And we are seeing, as as you've stated, uh, a lot of interest in, in using ETFs to implement those strategies. So still time ahead, uh, but certainly look at it shortly as year-end is quickly approaching. So with that... That's all the questions that have come in this week. So I want to thank everyone for listening in. Once again, we really appreciate your time. Thanks to both Matt and Chris, some insightful answers, uh, helping to position portfolios, and even act now as as we think about that last tax question. So with that, just want to wish everyone a great day and appreciate you listening in.
1: Today, we heard about the BMO ARC Innovation Fund ETF, ticker ARKK, which invests in growth equities focused on disruptive innovation. Our experts also discussed the BMO Global Infrastructure Index ETF, ticker ZGI, which provides exposure to high-quality infrastructure companies, and the BMO Aggregate Bond Index ETF, ticker ZAG, which holds a diversified portfolio of federal, provincial, and corporate bonds. For more information about the other ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca.
4: The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. BMO Global Asset Management is a brand name under which BMO Asset Management, Inc. and BMO Investments, Inc. operate.